come back. Remember Buchanan. You're not Buchanan. I don't look like him, but I am him. Don't you recognize the voice, Jim? I promise to see you die, and I will. Can't you keep him going any longer? No, I can't keep them breathing longer than a few days. Then the glands deteriorate. They just disintegrate. Is he dead? He never was alive. Different parts of the body die at different times. My next problem is how to keep them working as long as the heart is beating. Does the brain still die first? Always. The brain always dies first. I can edit out my stupid shit, but if you guys say stupid shit over each other, there's nothing I can do. Okay. Well, okay. I can't make any promises. Ah, That's yes, good. All right. Let's do it. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. And as you may have heard already, we are doing this on a Sunday night. We're uh, doubling up a little, but uh, because, you know, we, we do it to accommodate our guests and we do it to fill up our days so we're not so miserable uh the life that we're living now (laughs) yeah so whatever it takes we do um but uh i didn't yeah uh i I forget do we have any new patrons to shout out no we don't but we i did yeah we shouted out a bunch last episode and i'm sure we'll get more but if uh if you want to become a patron of the show barry where do they go you go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH, and uh, there will be a variety of affordable options for you to support us on a monthly basis, starting at as little as a dollar a month. Uh, and we really yeah. appreciate it. We really do, and we love all our patrons, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, this whole we're all about fun. Uh, we're all about fun and talking about records, and then getting some people mad about mad at us for things and we say about the records. It's also <laughs> it's also why we why we drink when we're recording the show. It's because exactly. we're all about fun. That's right. So, and speaking of fun, we have a guest uh, uh, with a fun name, a really fun name. Who is, who Introduce is yourself, tonight? guest. Uh, uh, my name's Jim Dingus. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. 
and uh, here to talk about The Evil One by Rocky Erickson. Oh, see, now you did it. You said Rocky. I, my, I, they brought, I was brought up. You know, that's the way everybody, all my friends said it. Right, and right. Here. And then, uh, you know, finally, I, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I was reading. It's like I figured out his name, how, how they came up with his name. Right, yeah. You know, it, it's Rocky. It's a combination of his parents' name, actually. Yeah. Uh, so what? what is it exactly? Where did it come from? Roger. It, yeah, well, right. He's he's Roger. And then, um, uh, what what is it? Uh, I, I, I just looked it up, so... So um, he was born in Dallas, Texas to Roger and Evelyn Erickson and had four younger brothers. The nickname Rocky, a combination of his O of his first and middle names, was given to him by his parents. Um, So he was born Roger Kynard Erickson. There you go. Oh, Kynard, Rocky. All right. Um, So, yeah, and obviously an interesting character and someone that uh, as as often happens, Bill, they're renowned, and the people that that love their music discover them kind of later. Like uh, yeah. I, I know that's the case with me. I didn't really. I mean, I had heard of the thirteenth floor elevators, and I knew you're going to miss me. You know that, sure, that yeah, sure, classic yeah. song, but I did not. Uh, I, I did not get introduced to. Um, his stuff until later, until that actual, until that um, tribute album where the pyramid meets oh, the eye. That's, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which right. is great. But uh, so, how about you, Jim? When uh, when did you first d- discover Rocky? Well, like uh, like a lot of us at that time, you know, heard about the 13th floor elevators and people like Television and Patty Smith were, you know, talking them up uh, back in the day. Right. And 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 uh, you know they had they had kind of a punk pedigree by the time I got around to them, the 13th floor elevators. So uh, I really didn't. So this this record was recorded. They recorded 15 songs in 1979. To and we can get into how they split the songs up later. But, right. Um, um, I didn't really hear, I didn't, I think one of my friends, either one of my friends told me or I read it in some kind of fanzine or something that this, this, you know, this record was, you know, just uh, a fantastic cult record and that, you know, you had to hunt it down and, you know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, in the alternative lexicon that much at the time. I mean, it got great critical reviews, but really people weren't talking about it. So I think... Yeah. I think one of my friends talk, uh, told me about it and said, yeah, man, you got to hear this. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and that was around, I think that was around 85. Okay. By the time I got okay. to it, 86. Yeah. And um, so I was living in Northern Virginia at the time and went to, uh, I read, went to Yesterday and Day Records in Maryland and picked it up. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's the best record store I've ever been um, or I don't think they're still. I think they closed down. But, I um, have heard. I have heard. I think other uh, a guest before has mentioned that one, and we have a we have a yesterday today in Miami too. That's pretty well known. But uh, uh, someone mentioned that one as well. Yeah, I and, think uh, that. He, go ahead. Well, I was just saying he could find anything for you. I mean, even you'd go in there and you'd just be like, "Wow!" You know, be looking through the bins and just yeah, never see a lot of what stuff. Am gonna, what am I gonna? What am I gonna buy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That was always the dilemma. Um, but. Uh, so it was sitting there and uh i picked it up and um i was pretty immediately hooked yeah right and 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 that's this record that we're talking about this is the evil the one evil that's one. the one you're talking about that you got right. now, 
Now, uh, did you already know, like, were you uh, familiar with his story at all? Or did you come to it by the music? Okay, cool. I was not. And that's, that's there's a... There's a lot of layers to this record and the story. I mean, because you first kind of hear it. You know, I heard the record and I went, wow, this is a, this is a really far, far out there record because yeah. he's, he's openly talking about, you know, standing for Lucifer, yeah. you know, all this, all this crazy stuff. And when you have it, you don't know his story. You're kind of, and you know, this is before the misfits or anything. I mean, Black Sabbath yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. went into the yeah. territory, but. Um, you know, this is before we were kind of had the Marilyn Mansons and stuff in the world, and right. you're kind of going, "Wow, this is this is some pretty crazy stuff." I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure how to digest this. Yeah. And uh, then the the sneaky thing about the record is, though, it's just so hook laden that it yeah. just you know kind of sucks you into singing along about with Satan. You know, I mean, <laughs> yes, it is yes. totally 100 <laughs> percent catchy and. Um, so I had, I was, uh, had always been, I mean, the elevators I had heard since going to used record stores in the, like, early 1980s, of course, some, you know, some guy behind the counter puts it on and you're like, oh, wow, you know, what the hell is this? And he's, you know, proud to show you what you didn't know. Yeah, that of cover course. of Psychedelic Sounds. And then, um, so... And then, te- of course, you know, you were talking about Patti Smith and television, and um, television did a Fire Engine off the first Elevators record. That was a part of their live set for a long time. There's zillions, there's different live versions of them doing that um, right. over the years. So they were right. hip. They were right. hip way back. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. they they knew the deal. Um, but I don't know that I don't know that any, how anyone would have known Rocky's story. If you didn't know, if you weren't from Texas and weren't around when it happened, you right. know, I I'm mean, not sure. That, <laughs> but it's really a crazy story. So Rob and I were discussing before we went on air, which is an unusual thing. We don't usually talk about the record, but we were talking about Rocky. And I said, you know, the story that we always heard was that Rocky was okay and then he got busted for weed and got in, and he somehow got pled insanity, and they put him in a in an, a, a, an institution, and then it was the the treatment at the institution and the shock therapy that caused him to become schizophrenic. And then I was yeah. looking at looking at the biography on the Wikipedia page today, and it sort of put paid to that. It's like there was they just flat out say there was like a gig in August '68, and he was on stage. And he suddenly began began saying just totally off the wall stuff, and so right. it was not the way it was presented. He is was actually, you know, yeah, severe. I had mental illness, and this was 1968, so right. obviously they were very, you know, we didn't know that much about it. So you just think uh, he was obviously having a psychotic episode and he could have you know he could have been bipolar he could have been a sure. paranoid oh sure schizophrenic. Yeah. who knows i'm who knows if he was actually correctly diagnosed but obviously he he did have issues and then as barry said he got arrested for weed and he ended up 
pleading and going to this, which maybe, you know, he, he, and, and then the, the hospital though, he, he went to Austin state hospital. Which and then is probably the, e- probably the easy place. And yeah, then yeah. he escaped and, and, a bunch of times. And then right. they sent him to Rusk state hospital. Which in sounds <laughs> like, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. territory. Sounds, and, and, they, and then he would get, Electro, they called it electro convulsive therapy, therapy yeah. and thorazine treatments, and it just sounds horrible. So obviously, whatever issues he had were, which is a lot of times the case, and which don't even get me started on the uh, on the way we treat uh, mental illness uh, in right. this country. Um, but yeah, obviously, just made it worse. So yeah, so this album was his first after five. Basically, he spent five years in a yeah psychiatric institution. And um, and and the thing is, that's cool that you, Jim, didn't know any of that, and you just loved the music. But most of us sort of knew the story, and then hear the music, and then you can't unknow that when you're listening to it. That's right. Know that about him, you know, and it's sort well, of, it you know, actually sort of helps you understand. Like he's he's got this fascination with horror movies and yeah. with sci-fi theories and stuff like that. And kooky, uh, kooky stuff, <laughs> but kooky it's stuff. like, but that's, right, yeah. that's how he, and you know, I don't know if do you have either one of you guys, did you see the, the documentary? The Rob, I have. Did yeah. you see it, Jim? I have. Yeah. Yeah. A couple times. And Rob, um, did you ever see it? I never did. I should, I have. To uh, see it it I, is amazing, but there's yeah, a, it really is. there's a part at the end where it's really sort of, um, heartbreaking. Cause his family is, taking care of him and his brother and then there's this kind of this and Rocky's has been treated so he's medicated and he's stable-ish and then they get involved with this quack guy who says oh no he doesn't need any of that medication he doesn't and that's just kind of how it ends right there and you go oh my god because you know what happens after that of course is that usually the person you know, relapses or, or, or there's, you know, they, they don't like Rocky, they had him. So he was, once you get the, him so he could deal and which he obviously wasn't dealing. Um, and I don't know, he did seem to do some, some other things after the doc was made. So obviously whoever took care of him was taking good care of him, but I found that a little disconcerting. His brother, right. His youngest brother uh, got him away from his mother. Um, Right. Actually oh, my two, God. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. I actually that. know two guys that went down to a South by Southwest festival in the 80s, and they, they hunted him down. Right. Oh. They found they found out where he lived. He was living behind a porn shop. So you Jesus know that scene? Christ. You know that scene where um, the, he's got all the radios and television? Yeah, you know, yeah, that, turned that, up. Yeah. They said that's exactly how it was. Yeah, to that, keep the like, voices out of his head, he would yeah, have all yeah. these radios tuned up static and to, and to like in between channels. Well, right. they, then they drove, they got, he said, can you give me a ride over to my mother's house? And they said, yeah, sure. So they, they took him over to his mother's house and they were like, man, she's, she's more yeah. out of it than he is. Yeah. And uh, so, so in the doc, uh, his younger brother, Sumner, I think is his yes, name. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, pulled him away from his mother through a court order, and just to try and get him medicated. Right. Um, I I kind of left the I left the doc going. Okay, well, this was part because it's definitely his life definitely has 
you know, a lot of peaks and valleys. But yeah. this started to seem like he, you know, they were. He seemed more more, more coherent. Yeah, yeah, he, he sure. Travel. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Although, you know, with like with um, it, it's just. You know, with like Daniel Johnston, everybody knows that's a, another character that people are familiar with who struggled right. with, of course. with mental illness. And, um, you know, Daniel, it just depended on, you know, who was who was taking care of him. And, um, you know, he was, you know, both Daniel and Rocky were severely, you know, they had severe illness. And I think that right. um, there's a misunderstanding about that you know in the public um just about how how debilitating that can be and what right. a challenge it is for the people that are taking care of of D- a daniel or a rocky someone who is so unbelievably talented but- i know well that's the thing i was just i wanted to cut in just to say you apart from all that though he is just an incredible songwriter though yeah just the poetry of his songs and 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 the music and he's just he's just great and this and stuff his timing just, he's got this incredible timing like he'll work this these lyrics into a the timing like there's this one we'll get to the song where he's I, he's reading a know, movie yeah. script and you go it's just genius uh, yeah. the way he's woven this into this song and it, it's well, just creature, fantastic creature of the creature of the atom brain creature, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> And so, yeah, and, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, well, and not, you know, what I also, you know, you notice is that like every sound on this record backs the subject matter. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Kind of like, you yeah. know, Hendrix with Machine Gun. Yeah, like right. Note, yeah. You know, it's just about that war, you know, about, and, and just all this kind, the kind, even one being a concept album. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no, deadness or filler in it it's None. all everything counts towards the subject you know? right yeah there's yes. no there's no 12 bar blues where there's just people you know jamming and mike yeah. i wondered like rocky so rocky's the songwriter so i'm guessing he's writing at least the basics of the music for the musicians to play as well as i don't know how much of the like the riffage or the you know the, oh he's a guitar player he's a guitar player definitely and he played uh, he played guitar so uh yeah I, I think he definitely uh um you know did the music so we should mention just his band uh the well i, I want to say really, Go ahead. like yeah he's the, on the record it's all it's all credited to him but like you listen to that, those lead, all that lead guitar. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that guy, that Dwayne Asselson. Yeah, Asselson, great, Dwayne Asselson. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe he just disappeared off the face of the earth. After yeah, this. yeah. This oh, wow. Got, and like, yeah, just here. Yeah, great stuff on there. And now yeah. uh, we, it was produced by uh, Stu Cook. We should mention who was the basis for Creedence Clearwater Revival CCR. Right. Yep. And uh, we also had uh, Bill Miller on the uh, uh, electric auto harp. We had Andre Lewis on keyboards, uh, Stephen Morin, Morgan Burgess on the bass, and then Stu Cook played bass on a couple songs as well. And then Buzzy Furioso, which God knows what his real name was on drums. Uh, his real name is... Um, so his real name is not Fuzzy Furioso. No, well, he thought, he, no, well, of course. But I mean, he did that because he thought he didn't want to be associated with the record. He thought it was going to be oh, a disaster. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. 
right. Because yeah. this nut, yeah, because we're playing with this nut. But it's just it, it, let, let's get into it already. Let's let's, let's do, do it because, because we're and we and Rob, we had talked about we're gonna the the record proper has got the way it's sequenced on Spotify and so forth. It's from this CD from 1987, which is and they basically resequenced the original record. What we're talking about, except for one exception, which is going to be the first track, is. Uh, we're talking about the LP, the vinyl LP, which came out in 81. So I think the first, uh, they, they they recorded 15 songs. The first album came out in 80, and I think that was the CBS UK import. Right. And I, you know, it's, it's to me, it's just not quite as strong as the evil one. Yeah, this one, one is sequenced, and all the tracks on this are strong. And um, But the thing that's not on this record, which a lot of people associate with Rocky is the song Two Headed Dog, which is probably his most famous track. And so we are um, adding that to the the mix uh, right up front, um, also known as Red Temple Prayer. And he had recorded, there's a couple of versions of this. He recorded uh, um, with the CCR's um, bass player um, earlier in the 70s, like in the, in like 76, he recorded. Um, but I guess, um, you know, this is a version that was recorded in, whatever 79 um and it, but they've the funny thing is they both got this crazy guitar sound um in there so um rob you want to lead us in okay so we're going to start with this one we're going to start with uh the two-headed dog red temple prayer You go, okay, two-headed dog, that's not a real thing, but... Oh, my God, oh, my God. As a matter of fact, he's referencing this... um, Soviet uh, Vladimir Petrovich (laughs) Demikov. Well, we all learned something this week, right? A Soviet scientist and organ transplant pioneer who performs... I I just want to warn people, if you're going to Google this, you're going to see stuff that you won't be able to Google the images, don't... Don't go to right? Google Images. No. Thank you. Just read about it or don't even bother. We'll just, this is enough. <laughs> go ahead. Go he ahead. would do Explain. transplants, like transplanting the heads of dogs from one dog. He was also well known for his transplantation of the heads of dogs. He conducted, I'm going to fucking laugh, which is sick. Oh, it's horrible. He conducted his dog head transplants during the 1950s, resulting in two-headed dogs. Now, the question is, where did Rocky read about this and <laughs> right and decide 
you know, like, okay, this is a guy who's, you know, been incarcerated, but for his own safety, but not in a great place for five years so he's got all a lot of time and you got to wonder like he probably like what that literature ended up in his hand somehow at um in this uh facility in yeah. texas no internet he couldn't find it on the internet no. maybe in a crazy maybe magazines the, um, or or, or. Magazines, a library maybe they had a library there and they had something but yeah it's uh it's crazy um uh, actually maybe maybe they sent him messages through his tooth. Well, that could be, yeah. yeah. No, he actually thought the Russians, at one time, he thought the Russians yeah. were sending him orders to carry yeah. out through one of his teeth. Yeah, I mean... And one, one yeah. of those orders was to assassinate Jackie Kennedy. Oh, so, my God. Wow. Yeah. So, so part, you part of look at this song, and it's obviously about this guy, you know, you, you start finding out about it. But you, you also, again, that's what I was saying, the record is so layered because then you kind of go... It's directly related to schizophrenia, two-headed yes. dog, two yeah. personalities. Yes. You know, the heart of darkness thing, you know, yeah. good and evil, you know, because for a long time he what he would do is um he he'd switch, he'd take he wrote all those lyrics in Rusk for a, all these a lot of these songs and a bunch of others. Right. And at one point he he had lost it so much, or he went through one of his phases where he switched all the the references to God or Jesus to Beelzebub. Or oh Lucifer. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so so then you're kind of going, you don't know. Well, does he does he mean is he talking about God as Lucifer or what? You know, it's yeah. Very, it gets very confusing, right. I you know? think that you got to take this stuff as. Um, he was like a combination of schizophrenic and also visionary. So he's having these almost like William Blake, like kind of things go on. Um, and, uh, but then that, you know, yeah, that's what adds the layer to it. Like you were saying, Jim, because the thing is you think of a band, uh, like the misfits, the misfits could have done a song like this and they would do it because they, they love shit like this and the horror. He's into it. He's serious. I think he's relating to this as he's relating to this as part of his mental landscape, not just as a fascination. Like, right, right, right. Like right. he's got, you know, this is part of my whatever my mission in life is, whatever's going on with me. Because the verses, you know, the the, the chorus uh, it opens with the chorus, which is something we rec- you know, we've talked about songs that do that. But then the verses, um, one of the verses, you know, winds quiet in the night, her body just blows Messiah, sickening sweet sight left and right is all right does not please my appetite. So just, and you, you think ordinarily you would think this is just someone riffing on, but because you know the story and that's the thing with Rocky, once you know the story, it does change everything and you approach his music does, very, yeah. very differently. And in the yeah. guise of someone as an outsider artist, um, who the, right. the music is not particularly outside. It's pr- kind of like great album oriented rock, Bloister cult style, or yes, yes. Well, yeah, they 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 loom large in a lot of this. Just as also with the subject matter too. Not so much, true. not even just the music. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, like you said, Barry. At the end of the day, it's there's these are like some great rock and roll songs, great riffs. Speaking of that, let's get to the first. Now, this was this the, is proper the first, first track. 
of the uh, of the record. Um, and this is just like a great rock and roll song, but also kind of like a schizophrenic nightmare. Yep. Uh, don't shake me, Lucifer. Fucking great! What a yeah. fucking great song! Oh, straight out rocker there. Yeah, and That's, but the lyrics are, I've been up all night and no suicide clock. The, the works. works. Um, I mean, and then so you take this two ways too. Like, is he is he standing for Lucifer or is he like? Don't shame don't, me, Lucifer. Don't, right? You know, don't don't bother me. You know? Is he railing? Yeah, is he railing against him or but, is he embracing him? makes it so interesting you know it's just, yeah. you know, you just like well you he says lucifer cried don't shake me lucifer you are all i received i received so exactly i think at some point he's decided that he that it is the there is the you know there's sort of the gnostic idea that the way we perceive the thing you know things are upside down and that lucifer is really the the positive force and that the and which is a certainly you could make that argument of, you know, organized religion and the 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 ones that are presented as the positive forces end up being all for negative. So, um, yeah, he, well, he, he also went through a period where he OK, he said and it's in an interview on YouTube. And, you know, you can see this where he talks about um, it's him in a wicker chair. There's a lot of clips of him in a wicker chair from an old <laughs> okay. you know, he's talk, yeah. talking about all kinds of stuff and um one of them he says uh and he says well first i started out with christ you know i started out with christ then i then i moved to lucifer okay and i'm with lucifer as he put it and he goes then i'm now i'm an alien right you know oh, right I'm an right I'm a mo- i consider myself a goblin or a monster alien right and he kind of it's a little nebulous there, but anyway. well, he actually went into and had himself. He went and had it notarized at. A well, they, yeah, sorry, that just his attorney actually did that. To she thought he was convinced that he he was an alien, and, and they were going to come and get him because he was an alien. Because right, right. So, so was it right? So his attorney went. She goes. Got, she he they got, went and bought some ray guns. At a dime store, yeah, to kind of trick him into like thinking, okay, well, we we got you covered, right? And he <laughs> said, they're not they're not working, so she said, well, I'll come up with like an official seal to yeah. say where he can sign and say he's an alien, and th- that actually fixed the problem, for right? Him. Oh, nice, yeah. 
I have a, um, there's Sometimes a, the, the simplest solutions are the best solutions. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there <laughs> are people that, yeah, what a brilliant strategy. I mean, you go, okay, she obviously, this was a, a stroke of genius. I had a, the drummer for the band glass eye. And if I were slicker, I would have, uh, um, looked up his name, but he told us a great story cause they're from Austin. He said, cause he used to hang out with Rocky and he was wow. over at Rocky's, I don't know, either Rocky or Rocky's mom, one or the other, had a pool in the backyard. And he said he was over there with Rocky, and, you know, they were probably getting high or whatever. Um, and then Rocky saw this this fly, this fly that had drowned in the pool, and so he scooped it up with his hands. He said, we're going to bring it back to life. We're going to bring this fly back to life. And the fly was deceased. And he said he stood there, and, and, and Rocky blew on the fly for about five minutes. And the fucking fly got up and flew away. And he said, you know... <laughs> I'm going to bet they were all stoned. With I, that. I would think they were, but he said, I have to tell you that he said it was... It made me feel really strange when that happened because I was like, your fucking fly is dead. And Rocky... You know, and so that's the crazy Rocky story I know of. And I, I was like, wow. That is crazy. Um, and I remember that's 30 years. I was told that story probably 33 years ago, and I remember it. And it was. Um, all right. So now we get a, a, a weird, but also sophisticated, just just weirdly great song. I love this song. It's so weird. Uh, Click your fingers, applauding the play. Barry, what time signature is he playing that in? Because it's just so it, 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 I can't even wrap my head well, around. It's just it's 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 standard <coughs> four four, but they're starting on on uh, it's Rocky's, is it? Rocky's timing. Yeah, Rocky's timing is he's really good at um, sort of sliding his way uh, around phrases and stuff in the same way that like Sonny Boy Williamson, the blues singer, would do. Where he, it's really it's really hard to imitate. Um, what what he's saying here, and I, um, there's a line about lightning, cause lightning never flashes our way if you click your fingers, applauding the play. So, you guys know that instead of sometimes at events, instead of clapping, you you know you'll click your fingers to show yeah, yeah. appreciation. 
Right. And that's often something that'll happen like church or religious services. So I'm guessing that might be where he would have um, had yep. seen that. And this sounds like a Roman. It you know, does. Oh, it definitely does. Eating the grapes. You know, I, I think you got to transfer that into people working at the facility because he wrote these in the facility, right? Right. Fat kings and queens right. all eating their grapes, blood and blaspheme, not upon the door drapes. Scream out for murder, scream out for hate. If you click your fingers, applauding the play. But he says, cause lightning never flashes our way. If you click your fingers, applauding the play. There's a comment on one of the other lyrics that mentions lightning that suggests that when he uses the word lightning, he's talking about the electroshock therapy. And oh, yeah. That, that's I didn't think of that. Yeah. I mean, you just, you read, you read this poetry, you think, how does a, uh, a Dallas, Texas high school dropout like write uh, poetry like this? It's it's just amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, I was, I kind of conjure like, um, so the during Roman times, and then, I mean, of course, you can apply it to the modern time when he wrote it, where, you know, the ruling class, uh, yeah, is enjoying life and oh, just yeah. no, nothing touching them, and all this, you know, constant turmoil for everybody else, right? Well, yeah. Um, well, he does so mention it, temples but, are rising you know, like, or not raked, and columns not shattered by any earthquakes. Right. So he does evoke that ancient imagery for sure. Yeah, and that's great. Songs are like that, you know. You can interpret them two or three, you know, several different ways. <laughs> well, so, with, with Rocky stuff, yeah, because you're yeah. gonna, you're not gonna get necessarily to the bottom of what, <laughs> what he yeah. was was talking about. So true. Yeah. So true. All right, and now we have uh, another uh, oh, classic. It's a great, uh, Rocky it's a great song. Great love, song. Yeah, it's such a great song and uh, such beautiful melodies in it, and uh, really great uh, guitar like interplay in it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the wonderful "If You Have Ghosts." Who do you think are, are, are the ghosts he's thinking of, he's singing about here? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, I think it, it could be. I think he's kind of singing about memories, like uh, you know, yeah. he's got these. And probably this is. I think of this as almost kind of optimistic, where he's you know yeah. these kind of good memories are kind of getting him through 
this turmoil of the drugs and the delusions and schizophrenia. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. And, um, you know, um, just kind of how, and then you can kind of apply it to someone who isn't mentally ill in the sense that, you know, these memories kind of get you through life, you know, the good memories. Um, yeah. I mean, that's how I kind of look at it. Um, well, it's certainly that's certainly apt for the time we're living in right now, where one does find oneself pouring over the good things that happened in the past and wishing that they were um, happening again. Um, but there's up there's then um, then there's the there's not really a traditional verse chorus thing in this because the music is sort of the same in the verse and in the chorus. But um, the way he phrases the he says one one never does that. So it's something so somebody that you don't know, never do. Um, if you call it surprise, there it is. The moon to the left of me is a part of my thoughts. Is a part of me is me, and he does all that is one sort of phrase. Yeah, one he throws it out never, almost like he's speaking in tongues, but he's speaking, but he's saying yeah, the yeah. words. And right? I, I I just want to the ghost thing to me because I know you know. One of um, one of Daniel Johnston's obsessions was Casper, the ghost, the friendly ghost, and so he thought Casper was real, and that Casper was with him like all the time. And so, I, I know. Have you seen that documentary? Have you seen the Daniel, the Devil, and Daniel Johnston? Have you guys seen that? Yeah, a while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a there's a scene where his dad's telling the story about, you know, Casper comes and tells his dad's flying Daniel home from a gig, and Daniel stopped taking his meds because he felt like he performed better when he wasn't on his meds, and right. so his dad's flying him home from a gig, and um, Casper tells uh, Daniel to throw the keys of the plane out the window. And so Daniel grabs the keys, turns the plane off and throws the keys of the plane out the window. And they crash. The plane crashes. Luckily they, you know, they survive, but for for Daniel this was not like, you know, the ghost was this was somebody it was right there. So I I I think with this if you have ghosts you have everything. To me that's almost like Rocky feeling like he's got spiritual presences that are protecting him or, or, and maybe they're like his only friends like May, his well, only at this friend point right it, it, you know in the night i am real the moon to the right. left of me is part of my thoughts as a part of me is me forever is the wind it just you know it's 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 alternately the ravings of someone with mental illness and incredibly incisive and beautiful poetry and beautiful right yeah, yeah it really is it, it's it is then, much and then you could also say, hey, well, he saw some B-horror movies. Yeah, that, oh, there, well, there's, that, that's going to come up. That. Right. Oh, that's going <laughs> right. to come up. Yeah. That yeah. comes up in the you next know? track. So, <laughs> right, right. So that's yeah, definitely that a thing, too. Um, he yeah, definitely. so there's something sinister about alligators now? Is that? <laughs> well, I yeah, think he's, I, uh, this, uh, um, he's, we're going to, the next track is, you know, Cold Night for Alligators. And um, it's, he, yeah, I think it's from a movie. He's some. He's I, like, some I like how you said that. It is. It is from a movie. Yeah. Uh, alligators. 
alligator. Alligator. He's kind of like a real uh, alligator. Yeah. (laughs) And we also should mention Rocky's voice is is as haunting as his lyrics. So he's got a perfect melding of these two things, you know, because he sounds, he's got a haunting voice and he's singing. He sounds haunted. Yeah, he he does. does. Yes, he does. All right, let's let's do a little bit of Cold Night for Alligators. You don't handle them like animals. Beverly Garland as the unwelcome visitor, haunted by the fear that the man she loves has become one of them. What are you doing? Yeah, when the dogs choke on their barking when they see alligator persons in the bog and fog. That might be the best line, uh, one of the best lines on the album. Yeah, because you know, like, you, well, the, the theory is that he's, it's from the uh, the film, the uh, 1959 horror film, The Alligator People, set in large part in the swamps of Louisiana. So, um, Oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah. And, you know, when dogs, there's always in the movie when the dogs are barking and then someone shuts them up and there's that, you know, and it's it's never good for the dog when that happens. (laughs) That was good, Barry. That was very good imitation. That was very realistic. Yeah. All right. So let's let's take a little break. Uh, Let's refill. What are you you drinking? Uh, Are you drinking anything, uh, Jim, for this uh, episode? Second glass of Pinot Noir. Oh, nice. Okay. Good choice. That's usually what I drink. Yeah. All right. So we're talking to Mr. Jim Dingus. We're talking about the evil one. What are you drinking, Rob? You didn't say. I am drinking the uh, Simpler Times Pilsner, the uh, um, uh, Trader Joe's uh, cheap cheap Ah, beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Simpler uh, times, isn't that like? Because I long for simpler times. Or you should. It could be called wishful thinking. You know, Pilsner as well, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. We'll be back in a minute with more. Is 
Business Tomorrow is a weekly comic on the World Wide Web and a generous, long-term sponsor of this show, that record got me high. We are very grateful for the support Woody and Kelly have given the show, and their comic is of a very high quality and worthy of your attention. Visit the creations of Woody and Kelly at isthistomorrow.com. You'll be glad you did. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly comic on the World Wide Web and a generous, long-term sponsor of this show that record got me high. We are very grateful for the support Woody and Kelly have given the show, and their comic is of a very high quality and worthy of your attention. Visit the creations of Woody and Kelly at isthistomorrow.com. You'll be glad you did. Visit the creations of Woody and Kelly at isthistomorrow.com. You'll be glad you did. Over the hump because you used to, if you go, you used to go out and you'd see people, your friends playing, and you go, "Oh man, I wish I was playing. I wish I had a band playing." And now you look and you're going, "Oh God, I'm so glad I don't have to just leave <laughs> yeah. when I want to, and right. I don't have to." You stay, don't have you to know. because it's all fine until you have to take the fucking equipment home, and that's really and break it down. Everybody's standing around drinking, and you're like, yeah. "You got." Especially, I feel for drummers, but you know, oh God, I know that's how it is. That's how it is. All right, so let's uh, let's get back into this record. This is we are back. <laughs> Slams the table. Slap the table. We are back. This is that record got me high. That's very stuck. That's Rob Elba. And we are getting kind of loopy, I think, because it's a Sunday night, and uh, you know, we got this. Gr- we got this great album that is. Oh, we um, do. That's also some, kind of loopy. That's kind of loopy. Bit, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're talking to Jim Dingus. All right, so the next song we have here, again, uh, just he's really obsessed with like demons. And oh, yeah. Stuff, which yeah, yeah. Really kind of creepy. Uh, this is Stand for the Fire Demon.
satanic imagery. More. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that one sounds. It sounds to me like a straight up ode to say. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I gotta wonder if there's cinematic. Um, you know, right. I, I just. I think that he's riffing off of things that are in. You know, he's obsessed with these horror movies, and so you're never sure exactly right. which one he might be. Um talking about but he I bet he watched a lot of them and I bet he remembered every um, critical scene where that could be you know used as a, a reference in a, in a lyric that would be that seems you know um, well the first paragraph very cinematic you know rising yes, yes. into and with the clouds yes you know, Satan's ears is crowned so stand I, I for like the I, fire demon like you get a right. cr- bunch of creep people around in a circle around a fire and then, you know, everybody stand. I feel like like Gene Simmons should have covered this song. (laughs) Like instead of God of of Thunder or Break and do the only, only upside to that would be that Rocky would have gotten some publishing royalties from that. But other than that, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good upside though. Um, <laughs> true, all right, so true. this next one, you could definite, you could hear the definite, we mentioned Blue Oyster Cult before, and you can oh, hear yeah. it in, in both the uh, riffage the, and the bizarre themes as well. Uh, this is another great one. Let's listen to this. This, this is my favorite. Oh, wow. it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay here on. we go. This might be my favorite okay. song ever done. Let's do it. This is Sputnik. singing and he really is singing the fuck out of a lot oh of these my songs God. yeah oh yeah but i and i um there's the thing that we talk about the anagrams for bleeb alien and so he <laughs> right. um bleeb alien there's a um there's a this there's a german bleib a line means um stay alone and Bleeb is also an anagram for the word Bible, and he's also oh. an alien. Rocky believes he's an alien, and I got a guess in this. Um, when did the Big Bang Theory become part of the popular culture? Was it in the seventies? That's what 
that's what's coming to my mind. I mean, yeah, I spelling your theory, alien eye creator. So he's, you know, good observation there. He's talking about because he says to begin from nothing on a clear night as I started in before infinity's infinite. I think he's riffing on the Big Bang Theory here, and um, it's interesting. The, the music in this is great. Although, don't don't kill me because I don't want the music in this th- definitely bears the influence of an album that came out in 1978 and changed the landscape of rock music. And what album is that? Do you know? Uh, well, if you're bringing it up, it's got to be. Um, um uh, Velvet Underground. No. Oh, 1978? No. Oh, the, the first, the riffs on this, it's like oh. a Van Halen song. It's, oh! <laughs> if you... <laughs> if you transform, just walk this one step sideways, the riffs, and um, put a okay. little more swingy drum beat right. into it, the, it's 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 but it's a great great song it's total and i understand how this could be your favorite because it is incredibly catchy it is great but that's cool. good barry that's good i forget because that did uh, permeate everything oh it, it really did oh, when it came out totally. and you're I, I think that you could be uh spot on about that yeah all right, all right. so now we get one this could be this could have been a really great uh radio hit i feel like if it was about a love <laughs> no. song instead of being again about demons <laughs> Yeah, I, I think of demons. Definitely the pop. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. This has got that '80s sound, man. Yeah. It does. Rick Springfield's gonna cover this. One hundred percent. It's an 80s AOR hit. Yeah, yeah. Except for the next lines in the song are Lucifer, 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 Lucifer. (laughs) Who's been waiting on you? Well, Rocky has. That's the answer. Oh, I've been waiting. You could almost play this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say that it, you could have let it, the thing play out. It's only two forty three. Yeah, I know. Right, yeah. I hate. I don't. For, <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying it's such a short. It's great. I love when they, it is. It's great. And they'll scare wanting. You know. I think you know what I was thinking. Uh, the way he's saying uh, they'll scare. It's true. I think of demons for you. Maybe he's saying like whether they're real or not. De- demons they can't harm you 
if you aren't scared of them, if you're not afraid of maybe, them. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe he just sort of, you know, was felt he was probably, he believed in them, so he figured he would embrace them and sing about them, and then he wouldn't be afraid of them. I don't know. And I see I'm, them. I'm I, no, I see them as thinking of maybe them as as protective. So they're scary, but they right, also right. are protecting you. He's figured out that Jesus is not going to protect him well. Right. Where, where are you going to go? What's your next step, right? <laughs> there you go. Um, and now we get from the from the sci-fi this from the sci-fi horror film of the same name. Yeah, uh, it, in which the uh, creatures, the eponymous creatures, are radio-controlled atomic-powered zombies. Uh, this is creature with the atom brain. from this movie uh, yeah. as part of the song. Um, obviously, he must have loved The Creature with the... I'm, I'm going to have to watch it now. I've never watched The Creature with the Adam Brain. So, um, I feel like oh, uh, now I need to see it. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> Jim, you ever, seen the, you ever seen it, Jim? I haven't. I haven't seen it, but I'm like you. I'm kind of interested. Yeah, in I think that uh, if it was that, you know, if he bothered to, like, recreate a scene, two scenes, um... It made well, an impact. I, I had read something uh, online with someone talking about this, and it made sense. Like the zombie, when he sings about zombies at this time, it's not the zombies we're used to now, where there are people that where it's like undead people that are died come back right, from the dead, right? But people who were alive but and were under, under some form of mind control, exactly. and I can imagine that's what he would feel like, you know, in these oh, hospitals. They sure. feel like a zombie. So yeah, it's right. like it's it's so crazy the 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 layers of. Uh, of the shit that he was obviously so obsessed with and wanted to sing about. But, um, well, just think about the fact that if he weren't, if he weren't so incredibly talented, we wouldn't know anything about Rocky Erickson. 
if he were 50, you know, he would just be some guy. Some crazy guy, yeah. Crazy guy who made some, you know, recorded some records, but it's because there's this underlying, like, the, the, you know, his singing is just like, damn, you know, he hits every, he hits every note and he is able to, he's able to inhabit, you know, these characters. It's just amazing. Yeah. Amazing record. Well, like, uh, on this song in particular, there, again, there's footage on YouTube. Where um, he plays this, uh, he plays the song on an acoustic guitar in a graveyard. So you think of this song as kind of a psychedelic soup, you know? There's all kinds of sounds coming in and yeah. out, guitars going all over the place. But you know, the mark of a truly great song is yeah. you know you can play you can play it on an acoustic guitar, and I mean it's just it's just as good as this version. Mm, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I gotta find yeah, that. I gotta, I gotta find that too. Gotta yeah, that for sure. All right, so we have so more ghosts and demons here in this next one, yeah. <laughs> which is called the I wind. Sense a theme. And, yeah, the wind <laughs> and more. Who's a better lifter for uh, than the wind? What does he What does he mean by that? What is he saying? Well, he talks about things moving without the wind, objects moving without the wind, blowing from the newspaper to the door, um, gr- ghosts rising from anywhere they please. I think he's talking about motivate like the wind and more, and the and more is the um, spiritual, you know, the spiritual things that are able to. Uh, that can transfer move, uh, without any help from the wind or anything. Just yeah. a guess, but I, I I wanted to look it up because I wanted to make sure. But Lucifer is means light bringer, so he I think was probably aware of that definition. We think of Lucifer, and of course you immediately think of like classic Satan, you know, horns, devil tail. But Lucifer also has a a, a um, it was often personified and considered a god. So, and in some versions, considered a son of Aurora, the dawn. So, there's that aspect of Lucifer, and I'm I'm just gonna guess that Rocky knew about that. Um, you could spend some time with these lyrics, and, and <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jim, how old were you? How, how old were you as a kid uh, in '84, '85 when you first? Uh, how old of a young man are you at this time? I was um, tw- 25 in '85. Okay. So, okay. Um, and, and you were already so you were into you you were into punk and you were into all that stuff, but this yeah. 
just when discovering this must have I'm imagining it like it's kind of scratches like a, a different itch yeah <laughs> right well it came at a perfect time because what and I I went back today and I looked at like what was released when this was released and and a lot of a lot of bands were moving into their second or third kind of new wave album things were you know the punk thing was kind of really yeah. fading yeah. things were getting more psychedelic or new wave yeah and and uh so this this album i mean again critics loved it but it it just kind of sat it just kind of came out of nowhere and by the time i got to it um you know yeah my tastes were starting to change as well and and um you know it was perfect for me because at that time i was really into two guitars yeah bass, um you know that 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 whole setup and, yeah. uh, but but again I, I really didn't know how to take the lyrics first because right. I didn't know <laughs> right, right. you know yeah. I, and, and I love horror movies I'm, you know I like that stuff but you know I'm well I grew up in the no. southern I grew up in the southern baptist church so any mention of the devil or Satan or anything is, you know, is damnation for sure. It's 100% damnation. And well, also you, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, it's all right. Everybody knows my stories. <laughs> well, I was just going to say at, at the time too, you know. Oh yeah. Which was like the, um, well there, when was the satanic panic with the, um, when they were, there was the, like the whole propaganda, there was the whole, um, it was, what do you call it? Uh, um, when there's like a mass psychosis, mass hysteria over something that's not happening of people being like children being, you know, kidnapped and for satanic uh, uh, um, uh, uh, sacrifices out in the woods. There was a huge, there was this huge thing in popular culture and, and it was totally just made up non-existent. It wasn't a thing, but, um, but you know, people get wrapped up in stuff. And so, that's why this record just doesn't because so many people grew up in the church and you know you you know talking about the devil like he's because when you talk like black sabbath talks about the devil they're obviously referencing an evil figure and they make that plain when rocky references lucifer or uh, he's not he's talking about he's this more guy. casual he's much more casual he knows about him it. he's right, he's <laughs> right. Here. lucifer's here with me right now and we're chatting when i was listening to this uh the night stalker was oh yeah ramirez oh no the real night stalker. i thought you meant yeah, the, yeah, oh yeah oh my god oh, wow. richard ramirez yeah right. yeah yeah so, uh you know yeah you really didn't know quite how to take it but again it was just it was so good yeah and then then you slowly then i you know i don't know where i started to figure out his story but then that all kinds of calms that it does oh yeah you you start looking at it completely it's not it's not sinister it's not sinister in any way he was you know he he was this was in some sense the coping mechanisms for his his um, you know, his debilitation. By all accounts, he was a really sweet guy. Yeah, exactly. You 
exactly. But also, uh, kind of surprisingly, it's also not cheesy though. Like some no. misfit stuff could come across cheesy, but it's not cheesy somehow. Not. And I think it's just because his conviction in it's doing personal. it all. Personal for not. him. This is personal. It this is, is right. his world. You know. All right. So the so the final song on it. This is partially, which I did, had no idea until I read partially the story of a college hazing gone yeah. wrong. That yeah. Ended with yeah. That's what I got too. One pledge going insane and murdering some other kids with a hammer and i guess at that point it was a bloody hammer bloody, bloody hammer i, lo- I love this It's just fantastic. And once you know the story, it's even more fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Demon is up in the attic to the left. My eye turns <laughs> to the left to say no. You said, first, I am the special one. I never hammered my mind out. I never have the bloody hammer. It's like, oh, he's, I know. <laughs> he's inhabiting this, mo- this story as the... Is he the, yes. our, you know, and then I am the doctor, I'm the psychiatrist to make sure they don't think they'd hammer their minds out. And when you know the story, it's like, God damn. I know. I'm going to say this. No matter how as sweet a guy you say he is, I wouldn't want to, I don't know if I'd want to share the same hotel room with him on tour or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to be an issue, Rob. Just going to say, oh, put yeah, it out there. Right. No, he's no longer with us, but I'm just saying back in the day, I don't know if I would have been comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one's interesting too because, like, they really pull the leads back on that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sludgy. It's it's like almost Sabbathy. It, it it is, you know? and they let him. You know, it just lets him uh, do all, do yeah. his thing. You know, do his, right. his rocky thing. Yeah, this exactly. Is, yeah, this record is really, and the way it's sequenced, it's just the right length. You know, uh, um, whoever did this this particular. Uh, 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 put this together, you know, back in the day, that they had, they did it, and I'm guessing it must have been Stu Cook must have had something to do with it. Um, he, you know, he recorded, produced all this stuff. Um, you know, I'm not sure at what point how he got involved uh, with Rocky. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, I think the production on it is just really incredible because there's a lot, there's so much going on instrumentally. Like you usually have about three guitar tracks. You right. have another track with all kinds of sound. Right. And, and, and the auto harp, we haven't even really talked much about the auto harp. <laughs> right. Kind of a big part of the record. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, with all this going on, um, it could have kind of come out, especially with, you know, it's a Rocky Prize, a Rocky Prize. Sorry, That's it right. could have just it could have just been a, a just a, a big net mess, right? Oh, a totally. mess. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And uh, it's not like you. Some of those guitar, like if you listen to some of the songs, the guitars, there'll be like five or six different guitar yeah. sounds. Yeah. On it coming in and out, like he'll use a specific sound in the middle. Yeah. And and so one night, you know, you really got the feeling that Stu Stu Cook worked his ass off. On this. I, I, I absolutely think that Stu Cook worked his ass off on this. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, it, it, it's um, great, and uh, yeah, this is a great record uh, to do. I'm I'm really glad you brought this, and yeah, definitely. If you people, if you're not familiar, he's got a lot of other great songs. He's got a, a starry eyes. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite love songs is uh, nothing in. Uh, Return the song "Nothing in Return" by him. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, so definitely uh, seek out more uh, Rocky Erickson stuff. And thirteenth floor and the first two thirteenth yeah. two first two elevators records are. Uh, it's us. all great stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this was great. Thank you so much for bringing this to us, Jim. And Jim, uh, I know we chatted a little. You're a musician yourself. If someone wanted to check out what uh, whatever was going on in the Jim Dingus world, where would, where, where would they go? Uh, Psychic Idols at Bandcamp and uh, PBR Street Gang with two G's on Twitter. Yeah, that's okay, how nice. I, that's how Jim and I connected was on Twitter. And uh, um, Psychic Idols, I can vouch for 100% fantastic stuff. Go to Bandcamp, buy buy some Psychic Idols. Uh, uh, oh, nice, awesome for real. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me. I I don't know. I surely don't have the esteem that some of your other guests have, but I sure had a good yeah, time. We don't yeah, have the we don't have the esteem of those guests either. So we're in the you same have that boat. Name. You have that quirky name though, so that was cool. True. Uh, <laughs> All right. Speaking of speaking of esteemed guests, though, Barry, next week we have uh, Mr. Tim Quirk of uh, Too Much Joy fame. Uh, 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 I'm excited to have Tim on, uh, and he is doing a really cool record. He's yeah. doing Mekon's Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll right. uh, Tim Quirk. So that's next week. Have you talked to him lately? Uh, I chatted online, chatted with him. So, so he does remember. Down. He remembers. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he, he's ready. He's ready to rock and roll. Excellent. And uh, don't forget, uh, you guys, um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of us. If you enjoy listening to me and Barry, you know, get on board and become a patron and we'll give you a shout out and we'll send you a newsletter and you could participate in the uh, patron curated episodes. It's yep, all a lot of fun. That's right. It is, and uh, I'm not. I'm not. You know, we're on Twitter. We're on whatever. We're on Instagram. You, uh, you'll Facebook, find us. You'll find us. It's not we're hard. all over. It's not hard. Um, so yeah, thanks again for being on the show, Jim. And uh, once again, uh, that is very stock. And that is Rob Elba. And uh, we love you guys. We really do. Uh, we're exhausted though, so we'll see you next week. We're out. All right. Bye. <laughs> I really am exhausted. All right, guys. Yeah. That was really great, Jim. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me.